0: This is the Bible in One Year Express, Day 291. The life of a leader. Good leadership is vital at all times, in all places and in all areas of life. But what is good leadership? Leadership is a potent combination of strategy and character. But if you must be without one, be without the strategy. These are the words of General Norman Schwarzkopf, Commander of the Coalition Forces in the Gulf War of 1991. Character is what really matters. It's the only thing that counts in the end. We make a distinction in our church between those in position of leadership and those on their way in. We welcome everyone, regardless of their lifestyle. We have a big front door, everyone is welcome. The church is not a museum displaying perfect people, it's a hospital. In the traditional sense of the word, a place of hospitality and restoration. It's a place where the wounded, hurt, broken, and injured find healing. It's a community of sinners. On the other hand, we do not put people in positions of leadership if their lifestyle is in direct contrast to the New Testament. Leadership is not only functional, but also involves a responsibility to live as an example to others. Leaders are models for the rest of the congregation. Of course, no one is perfect. You do not have to be perfect to be an example. However, we try to ensure that the lifestyle and character of our leaders is in line with the New Testament. From Psalm 119 You are my portion, Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me, according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Worship Leaders The real test in these days, as John Wimber put it, will not be the writing and producing of new and great worship music. The real test will be the godliness and character of those who deliver it. The psalmist was a worship leader who walked in a close relationship with the Lord. Because you have satisfied me, God, I promise to do everything you say. The worship leader who has sought the face of the Lord with all their heart is in a position to lead the congregation in praise of God. The psalmist is really careful to keep to God's ways. I've considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. Even in real difficulties, do not forget God's law. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. Inspiration sometimes comes in the middle of the night. I get up in the middle of the night to thank you. Your decisions are so right, so true. I can't wait till morning. It is vital to be part of a worshipping community. I'm a friend and companion to all who fear you, of those committed to living by your rules. Here is a worship leader who has a deep appreciation of God's love. The earth is filled with your love, O Lord. God's love for you should be right at the heart of your worship. Lord, I seek your face today with all my heart. Be gracious to me, just as you have promised. New Testament from 1 Timothy 3 Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife. Temperate, self controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Church Leaders In one sense of the word, every Christian is a leader. If leadership is about influence, all of us have influence at school, in the workplace, at home, and in community. But this passage is specifically about leadership in the church. The church should be like a home. It's God's household. Leading a church is like leading a big family. Paul asks how anyone can lead a church if they can't lead their own family. Good leaders should be capable of running their own households. The same Greek word is used for God's household, the church. They should be capable of guiding and nurturing their own family with wisdom, love and faithfulness. It's interesting that almost all the qualities needed to be an overseer are just the same as those encouraged in terms of godliness for all Christians. The Scottish minister, Robert Murray McChain, once said, My people's greatest need is my own personal holiness. The list of characteristics is extensive. Leaders should be well thought of. They should live in such a way that no one can find good grounds to accuse them of wrongdoing. If they're married, they need to be faithful to their marriage partners. Faithfulness, loyalty, trustworthiness is key to leadership, and it starts with faithfulness in marriage. They need to be sensible. Being a Christian does not mean abandoning common sense, quite the opposite. Much day to day decision making simply involves godly, spirit filled leaders prayerfully using their common sense. The word for overseer is sometimes translated bishop. It's not wrong to desire to be a bishop. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. I find it interesting that one of the differences between a bishop and a deacon is that the bishop must not be a recent convert. This does not apply to deacons. Sometimes people criticize putting those who are new to faith, into positions of leadership, such as leading small groups on Alpha. My reply always is that we're not asking them to be bishops, only to serve as hosts in an Alpha small group. The reason Paul gives for why an overseer must not be a recent convert is that they may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. The devil fell through pride. There's a danger for all Christian leaders of falling into spiritual pride. The test for deacons is very similar to overseers. A deacon literally means a servant. Originally, they were people set aside to serve at tables. Jesus provided the model for servant leadership. Albert Einstein once said, only a life lived in the service to others is worth living. If service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. These servant leaders and their marriage partners need to be people of strong and proven character. This is why, Any good selection process for married church leaders should involve both partners. They should be worthy of respect, sincere, not prone to drunkenness, honest, full of faith, trustworthy, and faithful in marriage. Above all, leaders are to be people of godly character. In fact, the sole quality in this list that is not directly linked to our character is being able to teach. Church leaders are to be Christians of good character who are able to teach. Mark Twain quipped, to do what is right is wonderful. To teach what is right is even more wonderful and much easier. The task of Christian leadership is to align our life and character with our teaching. That is a challenge for all of us and will be a lifelong process of becoming like Jesus, who is the model of godliness. Of course, before anyone, bishop or deacon, is put in a major position of leadership, they need to be tried and investigated and proved. A faith that has not been tested, cannot be trusted. We are tested by difficulties, disappointments and desert times. Hopefully, these mature us, developing our character and making us ready for leadership. Lord, help me, by your Spirit, to live up to your very high standards and be above reproach. Old Testament, from Jeremiah 38-46 to Then King Zedekiah Sent for Jeremiah the prophet and had him brought to the third entrance to the temple of the Lord. I am going to ask you something, the king said to Jeremiah. Do not hide anything from me. Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If I give you an answer, will you not kill me? Even if I did give you counsel, you would not listen to me. King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews who have gone over to the Babylonians, for the Babylonians may hand me over to them, and they will ill-treat me. They will not hand you over, Jeremiah replied. Obey the Lord by doing what I tell you. Then it will go well with you, and your life will be spared. Prophetic Leaders Faithfulness to God and good character do not guarantee prosperity and a pain-free life. In fact, for Jeremiah, the opposite was the case. Jeremiah was a prophet whose life and character is a fine example for us. He remained faithful to God. He continued to hear God's word and speak it out. This was in spite of the fact that he suffered a great deal for his pains. Over and over again, he was threatened, beaten, locked up, put in an underground dungeon, and then thrown into a muddy cistern to be left to starve to death. Yet he continued to listen to God's message and spoke it out courageously. On the whole, the people were unresponsive. He was completely misunderstood. He was condemned for destroying morale and actually causing harm to the people he was trying to save. You should not be surprised if you receive the same treatment. Once rescued from the cistern, Jeremiah was brought before King Zedekiah. For the fourth time, Zedekiah was a man with a wishbone rather than a backbone. It was out of cowardice that Zedekiah disobeyed the law. He was afraid of the people, rather like Pontius Pilate, who condemned Jesus. Four times God had spoken to Zedekiah to try and save him from the consequence of his actions. Each time he had weakly refused to obey. In chapter 39, we read of the consequences. Jeremiah is finally vindicated. Lord, please bless and strengthen the leaders of our churches today. May their lifestyles and characters inspire us all to lead good and fruitful lives. Pepper adds, 1 Timothy 3 verse 11 says, In the same way, wives are to be women worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. Now there's a challenge.